If you've ever thought of quilting your own projects but just don't know where to start, I have the perfect first steps for you. I've put together a PDF guide. I call it Three Steps Toward Freehand Freedom. These are the baby steps, but they can help you move past your overwhelm and show you that yes, indeed, freehand quilting can be learned. So if you'd like to snag this PDF, there's a link in the show notes, or if you're an Instagram user, just message me three steps. That's the number three, S-T-E-P-S, and I'll send you that link. Let today be the day you get started. It was intense part of it, but we didn't have enough snacks at one part. I wanted to stop for lunch, and we decided that if Eva gets hangry, that I no longer think I'm not good at reading the map when I'm hungry. (laughs) Welcome to Measure Twice, Cut Once, the podcast where we hear quilters and other crafters' stories and draw encouragement and even life lessons from them. Today, my guest is Eva Reimer. I'm your host, Susan Smith, coming to you from my quilting studio, Stitched by Susan. This is where my long arm, Lucy, and I spend lots of hours doing freehand, mostly edge-to-edge quilting. If you're not a quilter and those terms mean nothing to you, it's basically doodling on the surface of a quilt with a 50-pound writing utensil, needle and thread attached at high speed. And if you are a machine quilter, I invite you to tune in to the live and unscripted events that I host on my YouTube channel and Facebook page. These are on the first and third Friday of every month. They're streamed live and in real time. Even the thread breaks and oopses are there. I just welcome you into my studio to watch as I work through a project and chat about the processes and decisions as I go. Plus, they're interactive, meaning you can ask questions and get answers about the project while I'm working on it. So once again, those air the first and third Friday of each month. Just look for Stitched by Susan on YouTube or Facebook to find the upcoming or the past events. I'll let you in on a little secret. I don't like shopping. Especially, I don't like shopping for clothes. It feels incredibly time-consuming, and there's a million other things I'd rather be doing. So I've found a solution at Stitch Fix. It's an online apparel shopping service, and it's entirely personalized. I set up my account with delivery frequency, a price point that's comfortable for me, my size and taste, and even have the option of adding jewelry, bags, shoes, or other accessories. I've had the same designer for a couple of years, and she's got me dialed in. If you'd like to give Stitch Fix a try, they're offering $25 off your first order. Just use the link provided in the show notes and have fun shopping their enormous collection. All right, on to pins and needles with a quick tip for all you sharp quilters out there. If you're anything like me, the last thing you want to do when you've finished a quilt is spend the time making a label. Some people love it, I know, but I am not one of those. So for me, the solution has been to find a super simple way to do it so that I get it done. So I have two suggestions for you. One is if you have a sewing machine that does embroidery in various types of lettering or scripts, One way is to simply embroider a small label on a piece of fabric that you can stitch then into the binding. A second way, and this is the one that I've chosen, is to have a pre-printed label made. So I found a shop on Etsy that would do a woven pre-printed label for me that has a finished edge and I can just stitch it in to the binding of my quilt and presto, the label is complete. 
You know I love my coffee. In fact, I've got a fresh pot brewing right now. If you are interested in supporting this podcast, you can go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash stitched by Susan. There for the price of one delicious coffee, you are able to make a one-time contribution or sign up for a monthly one if you so desire. Thank you so much for your support. I really appreciate it. And maybe take a moment now to refill your cup as you settle back to enjoy today's interview. Once again, I have my friend Eva Reimer joining me. We're going to be chatting today about entering quilts in shows or competitions, and it's just an informal conversation about some of our experiences, and hopefully we can offer some encouragement to you to enter some of your quilts into a show. Eva, thanks for joining me. Yes, here in the studio, face to face. (laughs) I know, it's so fun to be recording this way, actually in the same room. Today, I wanted to pick your brain a little bit about shop hops. It's not a thing I've actually ever done. I know so many quilters do. What's the big attraction? What's the big deal? I think the fun thing about it is usually you do it with like one or two other people. I have done it with like one other person. Um, I took my mother-in-law a few years ago and she had never been on a shop hop because where she kind of, she doesn't live locally. So she doesn't have a lot of quilter friends. I'm kind of her quilter friend that I get her into trouble. But it's usually um, stores will be handing out patterns and they have like free little giveaways that they'll be having or they have kit specials or they have demos going on. And so there's all different kinds of little things. So is it a fairly organized event then, like the dates and even the stops on the route, like yes. not a specific order, but the various stops. They yeah. All the shops are planned and notified and they've kind of geared up for this yeah, particular Yeah, the ones event. that I have done have been here in eastern Washington and they have a whole map and then they all collaborate together um, and you're supposed to get so many stamps and if you get over 12 stamps, you can turn it in with a chance to win like a drawing of different prizes. So a kind of like a passport for like every, a passport every place Like a passport for every visit. place you go to. Got it. And so um, I did it once with my mother-in-law. She was less intense. So a year, two years prior to that, I'd done it with a friend that I worked with who is just a very organized person. And so we plotted all of our things, and she is kind of one of those type of personalities, like she wants to do it all. And so we mapped it out, and I had another friend help me with some of the different locations, because I wasn't sure where some of the locations were, and had talked, we talked about it to figure out what was the best way to like go pick up at my house and go north, and then we could hit this many shops, and then if we cut over to this road, you know, we had it all mapped out. Um, We had brought snacks. I realized about halfway through I had not brought enough snacks. And my friend shopping is that what you're saying? What hungry work shopping? (laughs) Yes it it was it was intense part of it, but we didn't have enough snacks at one part. And she was very determined that we were going to. We had done three shops that were more local to my area after work one day, and we did those really really quick. And then there were two that were too far out in opposite directions. So we decided to cut those off. And we kind of had this big loop. And I wanted to stop for lunch. And we decided that if Eva gets hangry, that (laughs) I no longer think I'm not good at reading the map when I'm hungry. (laughs) But she was a she's just a get her got get her done kind of person. 
And she was determined that we were finishing this list so we could have, I think we did 12 or 13 different shops and there were 18 or 20. Oh my goodness. On the thing. And so we, she picked me up at 7.30 in the morning so that we would be like far north at this one shop when it opened. So the moral to this story is you need to know who you're going with, right? Yeah. Because for some, that is the joy in it. Seeing how many places they can get to, how many stamps, mm-hmm. you know, you can achieve, how many shops you can touch bases with. And for others, it's more a, you know, footloose, fancy free kind of thing, whatever yeah. takes you fancy, right? So I've done it both ways. I've done it the really planned way with the person that had her checklist that wanted to get everything done. And then I did it with someone who'd never done it. And it was more free flowing. And we went to where we wanted to. And when we were done, we were done. And we so just at went each home. shop, you mentioned that they have patterns. It seems like, because I see these in quilt shows and things, you'll mm-hmm. see um, shop hop rows. Yes. So it seems like that's kind of the way it's done, right? Each shop has a specific row designed for them? Does it represent shop or location or... So that's a different kind of shop hub. That's more the row by row one. Okay. And that one, they register online. Both of them, they have to register. So there's like the one that I was talking about was the one that's like Eastern Washington shop hop and they have door prizes and everybody gives you a little thing when you get your passport stamped. A little freebie. And a little freebie. Mm-hmm. And it's they usually have a block or something or fat quarters or little tools or like random just little things that they Got can it. get at lower cost. And then you just go in and it's more to get into the shop. They, they're they trying to pull clients to into yeah. the shop, yeah. build relationships. It's a good way to, I feel with a lot of cool stop, shops that have closed lately, I feel it's a good way to get out there and see because every quilt shop has its own different flavor, its That's own true. niche. And so it is a good way if you do one in your local area to figure out what kind of fabric they carry. So which ones have the modern, which ones have yes. the calicos, which ones have, have the civil war yes. or the thirties fabric or, you know, which one does. Yeah. Just the different patterns, the different tools. Some sell, carry different tools and sewing machine. Other ones just primarily do fabrics. Some right. do bags, some do aprons. So it's a really good or way classes. to scope it all out. Mm hmm. That's a good way of thinking about it, actually. It's a good way to meet the various shops and sort of resources mm-hmm. that are available. I know I'm kind of a, a get-in-a-rut sort of person, and I tend to just run to the shop where, you know, I know where things are within that yeah. shop, and I can go in there quickly and get the things I want. But it's a good idea to get out and see what you're, what's in your neighborhood. And it was really good for me, also, I feel, to, there were a couple shops that I never even knew they were there. And some of them only open, they're like online shops, but they only open for like that. Oh, okay. So typically you can just order online from them, but they do this kind of a special opening for a shop hop. Oh, I like that too. And I really like going and I like to pet fabric. I'll be honest. I have a problem. I like to pet it. I want to see it in person because you never know what it's really going to look like. The true color is going to be because all of that is based on your computer screen, the lighting, the what they took the picture with. It can be so drastically different than what it is in perfect person. It's, that's very true. And honestly, fabrics can feel very different, too. A lot of quilters will have their favorite kind of lines mm-hmm. based on the, the hand, we call it, the feel, the drape. Yeah. Um, 
of different fabrics. And there's no way to know that other than by going in and exploring yeah. and feeling it. And most of the time, like if I buy online, if I've never seen that line of fabric in person, most likely I won't buy it online because mm. I don't necessarily know the quality of the or the colors or the hues of it or... Good point. So it's both an introduction if you're a new mm -hmm. shop and you're trying to introduce yourself to quilters and for the quilter. It's a good way to meet maybe fabric designers or tools, as you mentioned earlier, yeah. that you haven't met before. Okay, so let's talk a little minute then. I, I briefly asked you about the row by row. So is that a shop hop also or is that... The row what does by that look like? row, that one tends... That is nationwide, because okay. um, I have a friend who gets really into it. And um, one year she talked me into doing a row by row and I made a quilt in six days. Okay, so, so you, give, us, give us a blow by blow. How does this happen? <laughs> so you get patterns all over. And this is... All over different shops, you mean? All over. Like it's nationwide. Like she belongs to different like sewing groups and stuff where they block swap and do different things so she will have friends that she'll be like she'll go online she sees the shop that's doing it she can look at what the pattern looks like and then she'll like email friends that are in that area and they'll go you know get the pattern for because you have to go in person to get the pattern it's usually a free pattern you can buy the kit if you want to buy the kit so it's a different thing but you put a row together it has to have eight rows in your quilt and you have to put it all together, quilt it, bind it, finish it, and then you take it to the shop and you show it to them. And then there's usually a prize. Like I, when I did it, I got a free stack of fat quarters. Oh, that's nice. So I made a quilt in six days from start to finish. And I had bought like half the kits. The other kits I put together myself. And then I quilted it. But I remember in like the midst of it, because I was trying to get it all quilted before Monday so I could take it down in because I had been to this quilt shop before and I really liked their stuff and I wanted the free fabric, I'll be honest. And my husband was kind of talking to me and I was so consumed with quilting that I never even heard or realized that he left and he went to go watch a movie because he said I wasn't spending any time with him. <laughs> <laughs> it's all consuming, isn't it? It was in okay, six so, days. So let me see if I'm getting this right then. So each shop then has their own unique row pattern. Yeah. And the ones I've seen often represent the city they live in or some, you know, remarkable they usually feature have a of their shop from year to year. Theme. There you go. Okay. So it's nationwide and you can have any eight that you can lay your hands yep. on. So you can run into a local shop or you can have a friend that you contact yeah. in some way. They can run into their local shop and that's how you acquire yep, your row. Yep, that's how you get the pattern. And the row comes the row. pattern and kit. You can do it either way. Either way. You okay. can go in and just pick up the free pattern. Okay. And usually you just go in, they give you the pattern, and then you can buy the kit if you want to. That actually costs when you buy the kit. Right, because you're getting the fabric. Yeah, because you're things. getting fabric and a little yeah. pre-kit and directions yeah. and everything. So. But they sure do make unique quilts because they're, all, they're sampler style, yeah. really. But it's unique because they're rows and especially unique because they always represent, you know, either the storefront or mm -hmm. the city or the location, you know, geographically Yeah, that, that they were designed in. And several of our local shops around here always do them. It's there true. There are at least eight of them in the area that do do them. It's true. So... 
if if someone is looking at going on a shop hop tour, so now we're talking this, you know, introducing that's the to totally shops. different thing, right. and that tends to be a specific, like here in Eastern Washington, they it's usually it's a geographical area. It's a right? geographical yeah. area. There's usually eighteen to twenty shops, and it's a particular time period that you have to go of and days, do all of that usually, in days. Yeah, it's yeah, usually yeah. like a long weekend, like a Thursday to a Saturday. So my question was going to be. I was going to ask sort of your advice on how many should you try and hit, but now you're telling me that each each um, area, region maybe, yeah. has their own plan, and they've already picked 18 or 20 Yeah, locations. they've already okay, picked the ones. You can do it on your own way, too. I've known friends that have traveled different places, mm-hmm. and they would get online, and they just kind of do the search of local quilt shops from this area, and then they plan their own little cycle. So you can do it in a less organized way and just decide to go to a bunch of different things. That one I would recommend, you know, going with two or three different other people because it just makes it fun. And Absolutely. Absolutely. But I would never say do 12 in one day. I learned that lesson the hard way. <laughs> especially especially not if you want to stop and shop at each one. Or you want to stop and eat. <laughs> or you want to stop and eat between. That's right. She would not even let us stop for lunch. <laughs> she was on a mission. <laughs> so good. Well, thanks for sharing, Eva. This has been fun, and I will take your words to heart next time I'm planning a shop hop. Okay. Thanks so much, my friend, for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this visit as much as Eva and I did. I recently chatted to several quilters who've never listened to a podcast. Seriously, they don't know what they're missing. So would you take a moment to share Measure Twice, Cut Once with them? You can share the link to any one episode or they can visit my website, podcast.stitchtwicesusan.com. And from there, choose an app to listen on. In just a few seconds, a whole new world of podcasts will open up. So until next time, may your sorrows be patched and your joys be quilted.